are about to go behind the scenes of one of the biggest and busiest movie studios in the world. But before you head off on your Hollywood adventure, let's bring you up to speed on what's been filming on the Universal lot as of late. Born in New Zealand in 64, a hot-headed actor named Russell Crowe. He loves to act, but he loves one thing more, fighting around the world. He fights his directors and he fights his fans. It's a problem no one understands. If there's two things he loves, it's fighting and fighting around the world. Making movies, making music, and fighting around the world. Russell Crowe. Hello, everybody. I'm Russell Crowe, and this is Fighting Around the World. We're going to have lots of fun today as we travel all around and look for some good... Hey, what the hell do you think you're doing? You walked right through my shot, mate. Do you know who I am? VIP listeners, you are now on the mark. Thrilled to have you tuning in. This is a Where in the World series. We did this before where we were wondering where the hell Dane Cook was. We really broke down the guy's career and... You know, we made some educated guesses on what the hell he was doing, where he was, this, that, and the other, why he initially disappeared. So we're doing the same with Russell Crowe on this show. Many of you know Russell Crowe as a great, great actor. Gladiator is a favorite movie of many men around. So is L.A. Confidential. It's best to stay away from the man when his blood is up. His blood's always up. But perhaps you should stay away from them altogether. Now, Benny, I think the best way to do this is kind of take Russell Crowe's career step by step. You know, all summarized and expedited information here. Mm -hmm. But we're going to take it kind of from the get-go and really break down his path here and why we don't really hear from Russell Crowe anymore. Yeah. Who should be in the prime of his career. He should be. Well, he's been fighting around the world. That's a good way to put it, and we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Now, Russell Ira Crowe was born in 1964. The guy's lived most of his life in Australia. Currently, he's only 54 years old. Still young. Which is essentially young in acting years especially. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, Russell Crowe has been acting... Since the 70s, first appeared in Spy Force in 1972. So that was basically like a child acting gig. Mm -hmm. But from all his appearances from the 70s through the 80s and into the late 90s, for all intents and purposes, they were kind of irrelevant and nothing you would recognize, really, unless you're this full-on movie buff. Mm-hmm. Until 1997 with L.A. Confidential, which was a big hit, had a big cast, and was just a phenomenal movie. And then a few more years go by, and in 99, he does a movie with Pacino called The Insider. But not until 2000 with Gladiator. 
does Russell Crowe become a household name? And what a great movie Gladiator is. I still watch it all the time. It's essentially an all-time favorite. Ultimate guy movie. Mm-hmm. Best picture. There's even talks of a sequel. It was so good. As good as it gets. And then, also in 2000, he had Proof of Life. Which was another, you know, movie that was talked about a lot. And it was a good movie. Sure. The following year, A Beautiful Mind. Another great one. Which was phenomenal. And I believe won Best Picture. Yeah. In 2003, Master and Commander. Which, you know, these were all movies that were highly talked about and in the limelight. Blockbusters. Blockbusters. Yeah. Cinderella Man in 2005. Classic. Another one. So you have this series of blockbuster movies, right? Mm-hmm. Which you would think would almost put him in a category with all the greats. Especially in an era of movies and of celebrity status with the birth of social media around this time mm-hmm. that people are becoming bigger than ever before and more famous and more of a following than any generations prior. Mm-hmm. If those movies weren't enough, then you get 310 to Yuma, which was kind of like a summer blockbuster, highly anticipated, highly marketed movie. In the same year of 310 to Yuma, you have American Gangster. One of my all-time favorites. A movie that people loved. Yeah. You know what? You can do whatever you want to do. So it don't mean nothing to me for you to show up tomorrow morning with your head blown off. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, Frank, get in line. That one stretches around the block, too. Which co-starred Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. one of those Mount Rushmore kind of guys. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, Jay-Z gave it a big marketing push with the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Now, Benny, we're only in 2007 here. Wouldn't you say that resume right there, excluding all the work he did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, would put him on a... I'll go back to the term, a a Mount Rushmore-esque thing where, hey, this guy is a global acting icon and he's he's at the highest level of the entertainment industry to stay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not many people can put together a list like that. I mean, you start talking like the Leo DiCaprios and stuff that can compete. That's where you would think he would be at this point. Yeah. And now Leo, even though he isn't necessarily in a movie every year, always seems to stay in the news. Mm-hmm. What he's doing for the environment, who he's dating, sure. who he's banging, mm-hmm. random TMZ pictures, random stories of him. Mm-hmm. Then you follow it up with a movie like Body of Lies in 2008. He had another, had two more movies in 2009. Robin Hood in 2010, along with the next three days. These were movies that were big-time marketed movies. Oh, yeah. All over the place. Big budget. Big budget big movies. Production. Yes. That's Great promotion. What, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And still, more movies to come that I can rattle off. We're in 2019. I want to know why this guy isn't always relevant. Has dropped off the map. I would go as far as to say Russell Crowe is irrelevant. 
Yeah, at this, at this point. point, for and, uh, sure. You, you hate to say that, because as recent as 2016, he did a movie with Ryan Gosling that I absolutely loved called The Nice Guys. Mm-hmm. But even co- you know, co-starring with a very relevant guy like Gosling, as recent as 2016, it wasn't enough to keep him on some sort of pedestal in the entertainment industry. The guy just isn't talked about very often. Now, Benny, you've done some intensive research. You've come across a few stories that you're kind of building up a theory that he got borderline blackballed. I believe so. I mean, he's always had rumors and clearly evidence between his drinking and fighting and all this Australian behavior, I'll even call it, just to, you know, uh, sum it up or almost even brush it under the rug because, you know, you have Hollywood figures getting into fights and getting fucked up, and so that's not why a man would get blackballed. It's when you carried into your work is when you could get blackballed from the industry. So let's just go to Gladiator, the making of Gladiator, probably his most famous movie maybe his best work ever maybe most to most people their favorite russell crowe movie there's a a few stories that stick out to me the first one being while they were in production one of the producers branko lustig gets a phone call at 3 a.m waking him up the opening line from who called the person who called him was you motherfucker I will kill you with my bare hands. A <laughs> uh, confused Branko answers, hello? The speaker goes, you motherfucker. He goes, who's on the phone? Who is this? Russell Crowe identifies himself. Lustig, genuinely terrified, hangs up the phone and calls Steven Spielberg. Says, Steven, I'm leaving. Russell wants to kill me. I'm leaving. Now that producer had survived a concentration camp. He had dealt with some serious individuals. And this man was terrified of a clearly intoxicated Russell Crowe wanting to kill him. It's just not a good look. You could have opted for a more traditional raising raising your concerns during the day during the work hours while you're Send at an work email, have your agent act on it something along those ways instead he decides to act in an erratic behavior such as he did calling this man at 3am threatening his life not only to murder him but murder him with his bare hands are you not entertained are you not entertained is that why you are here? That was the first one that really stuck out to me. So behind the scenes, he's doing an over-the-top, drunk, tough guy role with important people in Hollywood mm-hmm. that could make them say, hey, when I'm working on a major production, I'll find somebody else besides this crazy Australian motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So now let's go to a uh, another part of the gladiator production okay i believe they were uh, having a script read which is where all the people sit around the table and read the script in a w- manner 
that they would on right. camera. They're in camera. Just not physically. Yeah. It's a walkthrough. Yeah. Yes, just not physically Acting going out. through. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, verbalizing, verbalizing part, exactly how, how they're they supposed to do right. it. So let's travel to that day where Crow, where Crow was struggling to get out his lines, didn't like the lines, refused to even show any good humor about his distaste for the lines. He didn't so much recite his lines as growl them in a deranged accent that flirted between indeterminate continents of origin. More absurd was his so co-star he was talking, he was, gibberish. He was speaking in all types of accents and tongues and gibberish. These, these Probably drunk, that... muttering these lines yep. out, not taking them seriously. His co-star, or... And the uh, one of the other actors, Oliver Reed, was doing an even worse job delivering his lines, but in an over-the-top manner. Just truly dramatically flourishing these lines to the point where it was absurd. Crow, in turn, chewed up monologues, spitting out each and every poisonous syllable. The screenwriter, John Logan who had truly crafted all of these lines by hand in a loving manner, scrawled on the paper four words, kill me, kill me. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Yeah, he pissed off a lot of important Hollywood people. He absolutely did. Russell Crowe's mood, though, did not improve throughout the filming, once the filming started. Quote, Crowe was a puffy pain. After challenging members of the crew to a foot race and losing, he would <laughs> he would mutter for days, quote, I would have won, but I can't run in the sand in sandals. What the hell is wrong with Russell Crowe? All right. Now here in 2005, shortly after Gladiator, or, you know, four or five years after Gladiator, this is an instance that you would thought maybe could make somebody more popular. Al-Qaeda wanted to kidnap him. The FBI approached him just before the Academy Awards and let him know about this. Apparently, the police in France broke the case and they were looking to kidnap Russell Crowe when he went to Libya or Algiers. It was a part of Al-Qaeda's plan to take out, quote-unquote, iconic Americans as a sort of culture, cultural uh, destabilization theory, like how to tear down a country. Sure. Like, he, Russell Crowe's a part of the American... Now, keep in mind, Russell Crowe's not American. I was just going to say, the ironic part is, one, he's not American. He's right. Australian. And The two, Americans that he works with hate him. The Americans <laughs> hate him outside of his few movies that they like. So, yeah, exactly. This was the geniuses with Al-Qaeda. This was their big plan. Long story short, of course, he never got kidnapped. But just the fact that... He was on Al-Qaeda's target list. Kind of crazy. Shows how significant of a human being 
Sure. This is. Well, yeah, uh, I think that all goes back to Gladiator, probably. It's one of oh, those movies. Oh, and A Beautiful Mind. Sure. This is 2005. But so still, we had Gladiator, Gladiator be- is the type of thing to be put on TV all the time. Right. You can always find Gladiator on TV. Now, I'll, I'll go as far as to say A Beautiful Mind was a harder role to play. Sure. And Definitely. he nailed it. He did. He did a great job. You know, he nailed it. Now, in 2005, Pro was also arrested and charged with second-degree assault in New York City when he threw a telephone at the concierge of a hotel. He was also charged with fourth-degree criminal possession of a weapon. Now, I never knew all these degrees and all that, but uh, long story short, the weapon was the telephone. I was going to say, that sounds like it was a made-up weapon. Yeah. Uh, But... The, but still, he's the, a big guy. The con- he's strong. The concierge had a, a huge cut on his face. I was going to say, Russell Crowe throws a telephone at you. It's going to leave a mark. Exactly. It won't kill you, but it'll leave a mark. Crowe later described the incident as possibly the most shameful situation that I've ever gotten myself in. He pleaded guilty and was conditionally discharged. So I think this Hotsy Totsy Hotel... Kind of was like, hey, we're not looking to take... We want other celebrities coming here. Yeah. We're not looking to make a huge deal oh, yeah. out of this. And you also don't want to attract more negative celebrities, problem celebrities. You don't want yeah. it to be known as, hey, I'm a problem celebrity. Let me go to this hotel. They're okay with that. And there there obviously was a settlement that is estimated to have been in the six-figure range. Oh, I'm sure at least. I'm sure at least. A few years after this, now this is funny to me. This is actually hilarious to me. In 2010, Russell Crowe was on David Letterman. And he told Letterman that for 36 years, he smoked more than 60 cigarettes a day. And the night before he came on the show, he fell off the wagon and smoked heavily. And heavily, how much must he have smoked? Now keep in mind, Letterman, back in New York City. Yeah. He must have been partying. I'm sure. Getting drunk. I'm sure. Lit That'll up a couple. It. Lit up a couple. Lung darts. Do it. Who hasn't been there? You know. And. But here's the thing: if you're used to smoking sixty just on a normal day when you're a smoker, if you fall off that wagon, you might smoke thirty in an hour. Yeah, Maybe cha- that's abs- a lot. Twenty in an hour. You'll cha- go through a pack an hour. Chain smoking your nuts. Uh, your, your your life away. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know? I mean, it it's nuts and. It just all goes into, you know, I think it takes a a form of maybe some sort of mental deficiency to smoke that much. I agree. And that plays into how difficult he is to work with. Sure. I and totally be around. Agree. Yeah. It has to. His mind clearly is one that. I don't want to say can't handle needs things. Needs to be at buzzed. It needs to be occupied. Yes. Ne- things need to be going his way. Totally. You need to always be giving your mind something to work with, if that makes sense. In his in his case. Yes. Not everybody. No, no, but not clearly, at all. And he, he really is a beautiful mind. You know, he is a talented actor. We cannot take that away from him. Absolutely. He has a ferocious work ethic and style. Right. So ferocious. That it leads me to my next story and my final story about that gladiator. Go ahead. In one of the most iconic scenes when when Maximus removes his helmet in front of everybody, revealing his identity, and delivers the line. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. 
Commander of the armies of the North, General of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. What really went behind the scenes in that was Russell Crowe's distaste for that line. Crowe was convinced that it was ridiculous, overwrote puffery that no man would ever be caught dead saying, least of all a brawny sword-carrying killer standing under the unrelenting African sun. <laughs> That's what he believes. So, luckily, he was dealing with some people who understood how to deal with a drama queen, let's say, or somebody a little bit, yeah, somebody acting a little baby. over-the-top actor, right? Yes, they didn't berate him. They didn't strike him they, down. They, they didn't yell him. at him. They, they understood. They coddled him. They let him do it his way because he wanted it rewritten. So he did it his way. So they agreed to shoot it the way Crow preferred. After doing the scene the way Russell Crow preferred, he said, quote, let me see the other script again, dissatisfied with what he had come up with. Loathing over the originally written script, he goes, he shrugs and says, well, we might as well try it. And so this scene was reshot the way it was supposed to. Everyone agreed it was brilliant. Everyone that is except Russell Crowe. Quote, Russell, what's the problem? He was asked. Russell replied, It was shit. But I'm the greatest actor in the world, and I can even make shit sound good. <laughs> That's cool. Guess what? That's cool. And then he marched off the set. <laughs> in his Roman outfit. Yes. 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 Probably Fake putting sword. back on his helmet. <laughs> He's a psycho, man. He's a drunk psycho. He's cool, though. I no, mean, he is cool. And He's here's cool the thing. I can't blame the guy for acting that way. I can't blame the guy for acting this way. Where the hell is this guy? Where is this guy, man? We what happened to him? Uh, he, we do. He Dude, should be in at least one blockbuster a year. He should. I love the idea of being this Hollywood big shot and just being a drunken, smoking mess that's just this not even a prick. It's just over the top outrageously. All right, now you ready for a fun fact here? Yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder was a play, a spoof of Russell Crowe. But the real heavyweight on the set is five-time Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus. The brilliant Australian, known for his bad boy antics off-screen, is famous for his total immersion into any role he portrays. Well, being an actor is no different than being a rugby player construction worker, save for the fact that my tools are the mechanisms that trigger human emotion. Lazarus underwent a controversial pigmentation alteration procedure in order to play the platoon's African-American sergeant, Lincoln Osiris. Yeah! Sure, yes. And what year was Tropic Thunder made? Over 10 years ago at this point. Say, yeah, almost 10 years ago. You know, around that. Yeah. So this is a story that's been around. Seriously. The guy's been in Hollywood since the early 70s. People know his shtick yeah. in real life, not his shtick on screen. You know, you understand what I'm talking about, I Benny? Do. I do. I mean, this is this is an interesting thing. All this being said, I'm a huge Russell Crowe fan. I want more Russell Crowe. 
I mean, Russell Crowe's a... He can give you a great action movie or he can give you a, a, an espionage spy type flick. He could be stuck in a romance type movie. You could put him in any genre and win with a Russell Crowe. I agree. And this date's actually coming up. I believe that April 9th should be Russell Crowe Day. It's okay. his birthday. He got married on the day. He got divorced on the day. Wow. <laughs> How drunk did he get on that birthday? How good is that? Oh, that's great. It's unbelievable. And during the divorce, he had a divorce auction where he auctioned off all this stuff to pay for the divorce. Got $3.7 million out of it. Probably auction off collectibles and furniture items. and I'm looking at a jacket. I'm looking at boots. <laughs> the costume from the Silver Bumbery. The boots from Romper Stomper. <laughs> which are, which are honestly, you talk to most people, they, they haven't seen any of these productions. No, he, he sold off his leather jock strap from Cinderella Man for 8500 Most people have seen Cinderella Man. Sold off the hood from Robin Hood for 13000 <laughs> Had to beg an Australian radio network that successfully bid on his 2001 Mercedes saloon not to publicly reveal text messages on his old Nokia mobile phone that was left <laughs> inside the vehicle. I mean, sex thing. How unbelievable sending, was finding that or Nokia? Or sending threats. How, imagine, prob- yes. Probably both. Imagine the text you would find on that. Uh, how funny is that that he sells this car at an auction and then remembers... Oh, fuck, that phone's in there. And it has to pay back probably all the money plus some to keep the phone not <laughs> from getting drunk, out. He was man, or hungover, or, or buzzed. It's funny, man, but that's a way to do a divorce. Just sell a bunch of shit, and then you don't have to pay for any of it. Look, he's lived a cool, he's lived a cool life. Yeah. Who's going to argue that? The art of the divorce. Russell Crowe. <laughs> right, right. Now, you know, let's also be fair. There's Hollywood people who have gotten more divorces than him. There's Hollywood people who have partied much harder and got much more banged up than him. Yeah. So, you know, as wild and eccentric and goofy as he is, it could be worse. It definitely could be worse. I mean, I, I think the guy's living a good life. I think he I mean, enjoys his I life. I mean, Benny, if you were to rattle off the top 10 actors of your lifetime so far, it would be... It would be a flat-out lie if Russell Crowe wasn't in somewhere in the top ten. I, I'd have to agree. I definitely would have to agree, especially if we're not excluding comedies, but just chopping away a little at comedies yeah. just because the acting usually just isn't at a real acting level. Right. Very rarely right. in comedies are people actors. are actors having to pull true talent of acting right. from them. Right. Well, and even if you wanted to include the comedies, I mean, who are the big-time comedy people that could maybe arguably be better? Will Ferrell. Uh, no way Will Ferrell's a better actor uh, no, than No, no, I agree. No, I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. If you name the big-time comedy right, actors, it right. becomes apparent that's just a different level of acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's obvious to even the most uneducated yes. eye yes. in terms of evaluating acting yes. talent. Uh, you could maybe throw in a James Franco who does serious stuff, but even then. Right. So I was going to say maybe, look, well, who, who are you thinking of? Siegel or Rogan yeah, or even yeah. Jim Carrey or Chris Rock or Eddie Murphy? I guess at this point it would be Jonah but, Hill would right. be maybe the, the only greatest 
actor that is, is on in, the top ten. He probably is because in he all stole honesty. the show in Moneyball and he stole the show in The Wolf of Wall Street. Agreed, and he also stole the show in comedies like Superbad well, and well, stuff along those lines. Yeah, and even kind of like people remember his character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall and shit like that. Uh huh. So we'll end the episode with this because this is kind of the whole purpose of it. Where in the world is Russell Crowe? If I had to guess where Russell Crowe right, is right now, uh, very easily, he's in a Australian pub, elbows down on the bar, drinking out of one of those big frosted steins, mm-hmm. chain smoking a pack of cigarettes. I don't know what the Australian cigarettes are, but, you know, they have their own companies I'm sure they do. He's dressed in a very, you know, kind of rugged manner. Um, and maybe he's angrily texting a hookup or some hot chick or... Or his current wife, or yelling at his agent. Yeah, you ever see those kangaroos that are all jacked up? Yeah, I feel like he fights He's one of those each one day. Behind the bar. Each day, fights one of those or first thing in the morning. Okay. Wakes up and fights a kangaroo. Okay, he's a tough guy. Yeah, that's why we like him. He's cool. He he's a you know anytime you could be a partier, you could be tough but talented as hell in any industry. I always admire that trait. I do too. God bless Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, God bless. VIP listeners, more importantly, God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Where in the World is Russell Crowe? You are now off the mark. Born in New Zealand in 64, a hot-headed actor named Russell Crowe. He loves to act, but he loves one thing more, fighting around the world. He fights his directors and he fights his fans. It's a problem no one understands. If there's two things he loves, it's fighting and fighting. Round the world, making movies, making music, and fighting round the world. Russell Crowe.